Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time powered by How Long to Beat. Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com. Listen. Welcome, everyone, Super Nintendos, to the first 2022 episode of Nintendo Voice Chat. I am your host, Seth Macy. Very excited to be back. With me is, of course, industry legend Kat Bailey. 
Hello, Seth. At last, we are going to be playing Breath of the Wild 2. I cannot wait. Oh, my God. And the person who uh, leaked the release date for Breath of the Wild 2, Fair Schneider. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thank you. The, the famous leaker. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a surprise for listeners. If you're watching this on the video, you can play. Who's that Pokemon? Who could it be? It's because Charmander. We have, it's Charmander. It's, oh, Kat, you, you already gave it away before anyone had a chance to guess. But yes, it is Charmander. No, we have a special guest in the fourth chair today with us is Casey oh. Defridas. Yeah. Welcome, Casey. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so that happy. That wasn't me. That was Waluigi. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Waluigi, the famous 152nd Pokemon. <laughs> you're, you're alive. Welcome back. I'm alive. Hi. Where were What's you? Up, everyone? I'm so happy to be back. So happy to uh, where, have you back. I was, where was I? I was in Florida. No, but were you in Wikilands? Uh, I was in Wikilands. <laughs> I was in Pokemon Wikilands. I was in Getting Married Lands, and oh, now I'm congratulations. back. Congratulations! Yes, thank congratulations. you. Congratulations! I had a, a Monster Hunter cake, and that's all I wanted. And a Monster Hunter so cake, it amazing! Was it was successful. That's all I wanted. It was all good. I wore a cape. It's a good time. <laughs> it sounds like the best wedding ever. Yeah, it does. It, it looked really, uh, it looked beautiful. Mm. And you look, you're, you're a gorgeous bride and congratulations. And we're very Thank happy you. for you. Thanks, guys. I'm so happy to be back to talk about Nintendo with you. I know. We're so Woo. happy. And like everyone, you know, people are always like, where's Casey? Seth, go away. Casey, come back. So like, <laughs> hi, you have us both now. So guess what? Let's jump right into it because we're going to be talking about the five most exciting Nintendo Switch games of 2022. In case you didn't notice, there's some big games coming out this year. We're going to give you our individual thoughts. Let's start with Pokemon Arceus. Casey, do you have any uh, any strong opinions about Pokemon? Uh, I have some strong opinions mm. about Pokemon. Yes, sometimes, occasionally. I mean, it's not often that I mm -hmm. have opinions on Pokemon. But anyway, <laughs> Pokemon Legends Arceus. I am very excited to see Game Freak's take on like a new kind of formula they're going completely outside of the normal core uh, gameplay there's a lot more action involved i'm not sure how relevant the action will be in pokemon legends arceus but we did get to see some uh, additional gameplay so if you're watching the video right now you can see the japanese text on the screen because this is from a japanese show called cat i think it's their like cat mario show it's like hosted by cat mario i i don't know but we got to see some actual gameplay footage in this video that was posted last month so you kind of see more of the action elements here and i'm really excited to see that because it makes things just a little bit more interesting and it's a lot less tiresome i feel like to just throw a pokeball and have it immediately be captured if that can happen instead of having to activate a battle every time you want to do that um i also think they're going to be at least some crafting and survival elements in here like maybe you have to prepare i don't know it's all a lot of speculation because no one has gotten hands-on with this game there has been a leaker who has said a couple of things like this is going to be the longest game in the series so far i don't know i feel like i i doubt that it's going to be <laughs> a little bit more difficult there are going to be survival mechanics but we don't actually know because no one has been able to go hands-on with this so i feel like a lot of the information we're, gonna ha we're having to do a lot more work deciphering what this game is actually going to be like because we have had no hands-on impressions like we usually do with games. Like Usually by this point, we have had a, a first impressions from someone who has been able to go hands-on, and we, we don't have anything. 
So it's yeah. really just all based on the trailers that we're looking at. In case he's burying the lead, a show hosted by Cat Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like the best thing ever. A show host, the, the voices are very cute. <laughs> but I don't, I think it's just a Nintendo variety news show where they sometimes show new footage and talk about upcoming games and make you pass games that you might be interested in. In the same segment, they showed um, Mario Party Superstars, for example, but also some of a Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl that had already come out. Uh, so I don't know, interesting Japanese show to look in if you really want to do some sleuthing, just <laughs> pick out some uh, additional footage if it ever comes out. In this footage, you also see you're able to throw a Pokeball from the back of your ride Pokemon, which I think is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're also... Throw oh, there, oh there they are! <laughs> yeah, the little puppets. the Cat Marios <laughs> and Cat Peach. They're very cute. It is adorable. I love it. This is wonderful. This, this is a uh, first quarter game, right? Yeah, this comes out January 28th. Yeah. Yes, we know January nothing. 28th. Uh, in three weeks. I'm scared. Um, I'm so scared. I'm so happy. I'm so excited to play this. Um, I'm also really interested in the story elements in this game because they seem to be, there seems to be so much more story in this game than other Pokemon games. So this game is set in feudal Sinnoh. And back then it was called Hisui. And Sinnoh, as we all know, is the fourth generation region that we have just revisited in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. And there's a, there are factions. There's the Pearl and Diamond faction. There are merchants. There seems to be some, uh, dis, uh, they're not descendants, ancestors, ancestors mm. of characters that we know very well in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which is quite interesting to see. Oh, wow. And there is some mystery with these noble Pokemon that you see here. They get frenzied and you have to go and calm them down. But they're quite revered by the uh, different villages uh, back in the day there. There's so much to it. And it seems to be, have a lot of at least some focus on death. It's already getting pretty dark with its storytelling. So they showed a like found footage trailer of uh, where some person had a camera for some i don't know how this ha how this works someone had a like camera the back then Blair Witch project yeah right and he's he's going and he's like oh i saw that thing i wonder what it is and he goes and finds it and then he's like oh it's white and it's fluffy and it has some red on it and then he just gets wrecked some like terrifying <laughs> thing comes out of the woods and then the camera just drops and you don't know what happens to him <laughs> but we find out that this is actually zora and zora arc but if you read the description on the official website these are Zoro and Zoroark who were driven to Hisui by fearful humans. So they ran away from humans trying to destroy them Dang. all. And then they died anyway because Hisui is too what? harsh of an environment for them. So they uh they came they're fueled by pure spite and have resurrected as ghost and normal type Pokemon. Oh, so wow. Twitter, Twitter type Pokemon. <laughs> these are the the spiteful fox Pokemon, spite and they type. Came, yeah, they just came back, just fueled by spite and malice. And we know that if someone their illusions are so powerful that they actually can do physical harm, wow. and that if you see the, one of these illusions, you'll probably not be around anymore. So there's Zora and Zora Arc, and then Basculegion the fish Pokemon that you'll be riding on is also a ghost type Pokemon. And this is a new evolution of Basculin. And Whoa. the way that this evolves is that a school of Basculin is traveling upstream, upstream in Hisui. And the region is so harsh and hard to live in that every 
single school member dies until there's one left and then that one basculin inher- like sucks up the energy of all the spirits of its dead schoolmates and then evolves into a basculegion. Whoa. But anyway, sounds cool. I'm yeah. into it. I'm excited <laughs> to play. <laughs> I'm into it too. Uh Cat, what do you think about po- Pokemon Arceus knowing that there's a ghost fish? I think that we know next to nothing about this game and I'm really curious to see what ultimately comes of it. Um, There's been a lot of discourse around the graphics in particular. Mm. I am of the mind that I think that artistically it looks fine. As long as the systems are good, as long as the frame rate holds up, it should be okay. I'm not going to put a lot of stock in the fact that they haven't shown a ton of this game because I think that they wanted to focus on Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl first. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting a pretty good wave of information over the next couple of weeks as they really go and try and promote this game as much as possible. The question that I'm curious about, and I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts on this as well, Casey, is what this might ultimately mean for the future of Pokemon. Because I'm curious, if this game is wildly successful and a big hit, will that start getting the Pokemon company, for example, to think, Oh, maybe we should try a similar approach with Pokemon Gen 9, which who knows when it's coming out could be next year, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I I don't think they will ever completely abandon the core RPG that they have been building upon for the last many years. And I, I know that this just seems much more story involved like a story driven rpg versus the very heavily like gameplay mechanics of the other one i know i know people are saying like what gameplay mechanics but as cat knows and as you guys know i've talked about it before there's a lot there's a competitive angle with the core games once you've beaten the game you breed your pokemon and i don't see that being a focus in the legends series i see this if it goes well it will potentially become a spin-off series but i don't think no matter what, I think the next gen of Pokemon is already in development. I think we're going to hear oh, about yeah. it this year. So yeah. we we get a new a new gen of Pokemon. By when I say new gen, I mean they introduce a new batch of new Pokemon. And I'm Pokemon the new batch. Sorry, yeah, the new batch. No. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm ninety percent sure we're going to hear about that generation this year because it is time for a new generation to come out. New generations of Pokemon's have. Pokemon's new generations of Pokemon have come out every three to four years, and right. this is the three year mark. It could be four. I mean, they were developing this. They also did Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which wasn't done by Green Freak, but you know, it's a, that's a lot of Pokemon games to come out. Yeah. But if anything, I'm will we will hear about it this year. Yeah. Oh, hold on. This year. The predictions is the next Uh-oh. segment. Okay, it's the next, no, it's the no. next segment. I'm sorry. No, oh my god, Casey, you're getting ahead of the road. Oh, what no, are you doing? Uh, I don't know what to do god. now. I'm not getting chaos. This is leaking. Stop it. I'm, I'm leaking the next the next topic. I'm sorry. No, but, but, but no, just quickly, I I think what you're saying though about this possibly being a spin-off and not making its way back into the main series is important because we've seen that before with Pokemon. If you guys remember Pokemon XD, Gale of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it's, it was this exploration which at the time we're like, ooh, is this the new direction for Pokemon? And the answer was no, right? And like right. I feel like it's almost like Monster Hunters and Monster Hunter stories where the company is experimenting and maybe some elements will come back. Maybe the game, the, the the style and the viewpoint and all of that may change in future Pokemon games. But 
We'll, we'll see. I have a feeling this is this is great engine. Don't you guys want to use it? Yeah, let us try. Oh my god, that was really hard. Let's never do that again. I think that's what's going to happen. But to your point, Air, I think mm-hmm. that this is a safe way for them to experiment with new concepts without yeah. necessarily impacting the mainline series. And fans have been asking for a game like Arceus for years and years and years yeah. at this point. And this is, I guess, their way of saying, okay, but what would this game look like? And if it's a major success, I have to imagine, if not Gen 9, which I agree with Casey, I think it is actually in development right now, maybe Gen 10 maybe is a, a departure at some point where they go, well, okay, we've shown that Pokemon Legends can be a big success. Let's shake up the formula. I guess my my other thought as well is like if they can have two wildly successful games every year, why only do one? Right. I guess I guess would why be do not every one? year. Do two. Yeah. Yeah. Why not one? Do two. Do the core series and a legend series. And it seems I mean, I feel like if they continue with legends, they would continue revisiting the feudal eras of the regions as we know now. And a lot right. of people, there have been some there's been some discourse about this. Um, that people are arguing Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl aren't the reimagined. They're not. They are uh, remasters and Legends Arceus is the remake. But I don't I don't really see that because mm. there's, it's so wildly different. But that is the reimagining of the of the region itself. Yeah. <laughs> you see, this is getting in the weeds. I think it's it is, so I'm funny <laughs> that Sinnoh is the region that they picked and not mm-hmm. Johto, which is much more like Kyoto and yeah. would be like the natural pick for the kind of the feudal setting, but they instead went with Sinnoh. I just, I get that they, they're like, well, Sinnoh, it's it's popular and we want to kind of re-elevate it and it has a little bit of that mystery, but um, this is just a random Pokemon observation <laughs> since yeah. you're here and I can uh, I can gab and discourse about Pokemon with you. What was the, again, what was the name of the uh, the feudal version? Pokemon Legends Arceus. Bless you. <laughs> That's all I wanted. I just wanted to make that horrible. Is it Arceus or Arceus? I can never get it right. Uh, I think it's Arceus. It, it was originally Arceus, and then mm-hmm. uh, Pokemon Company Marketing was like, well, that sounds like Arce, so we should do Arceus instead. <laughs> oh. So Yeah, that makes oh, sense right. for our, our wonderful listeners across the pond. <laughs> that is so, uh, Pokemon. I both are can, and both is fine. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever you feel like. I think it, it looks like uh, Pokemon Xenoblade, so I'll, I'll be more than happy to try it out and and then uh, mm. get distracted by something else. Because I think this year I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television, uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because i'm still 200 miles away from boston but whatever had i had nordvpn that wouldn't have been a problem i would have just gone in changed my settings to another geographic area and boom i could have been watching all the boston bruins home games like it was nothing at all so now i have nordvpn and i could watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated it's the same thing with like netflix it has all these complicated licensing rules which from one country to another don't really make sense so something you could watch on south korean netflix you won't be able to watch on the united states netflix unless nordvpn boom switch south korea and you're watching whatever korean drama that you want 
I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN. It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, It's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, Um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, That link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. That's what's going to happen with. That's the way of things. You mean like Elden Ring? Oh my God. Speak of Nintendo. Yeah, we won't talk about Elden Ring, but this will come out first anyway. So everyone everyone can get distracted by that. So our next game that's coming out this year, the biggest Switch game of Nintendo of uh, 2022, Splatoon 3, which is kind of crazy because Splatoon is such a, a delightful surprise for the Wii U. One of the like most stylish and stylistic games on the system. I absolutely love the way Splatoon just looks and sounds. Mm-hmm. And it's all these touches that it has this weird kind of 90s alternate reality sort of uh, uh, aesthetic about it. I don't play Splatoon nearly as much as I should. And I don't understand why there's something fundamentally wrong with me. But uh, Pear, do you have any thoughts about Splatoon 3? Yeah, and I I haven't played Splatoon 2 in ages either. It's just, it's such a huge time commitment when you have a game like that. And, you know, when it, when it comes to online games, I'm usually a one game guy. Like I'm playing mostly, I'm just playing Forza Horizon right now mm. uh, as, as an online game. And um, so I don't have time for this, but I love Splatoon 2. I played it a ton when it came out. I'm really looking forward to it. I am, you know, aside from, hoping that there will be another clever co-op mode, which I always gravitate to- towards, like playing with friends against, um, uh, you know, uh, PVE, basically. Uh, I'm hoping that Splatoon 3 will be accompanied by better online tools in general. Yeah. One of the biggest issues with Switch was just how segmented everything is, how you have to go through an app and then, you know, they, they launched the app and then didn't support it for most games. Like... <laughs> It is time. Like, if this is the flagship online game ahead of the whatever the next Mario Kart will be, hopefully this comes with new tools too. Yeah, I 
Splatoon's a weird one because I love it and I love the mechanics of it. And I love, like I said before, I love the style of it, but I feel like it should be so much bigger than it is. And I know that Splatoon 2 was like, you know, from a sales perspective, a huge success, but I don't see kids wearing like Splatoon t-shirts. I see kids wearing Minecraft t-shirts and Fortnite t-shirts and Roblox t-shirts. And I never so you're saying them. Splatoon isn't as popular as Minecraft and Fortnite. Therefore, well, okay. it's not in the zeitgeist. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying it should be as popular uh, as those because it's so it's so good. Well, it is it's better so than either of those games. Sorry, <laughs> uh, I disagree on Minecraft. <laughs> Minecraft is one of the greatest games of all time. Probably yeah, the game I I've played most of all. But however, I'll I'll concede you Fortnite. I, I've actually never played. I, so just I I think Splatoon is more popular in Japan. I think so. Mm. I I did go to Nintendo Live. What year was that? Twenty a thousand years ago. Yeah, we I were don't all allowed was to do it 20, things. Was it twenty eighteen or twenty twenty nineteen? I don't I think remember. It was twenty. Yeah. I think it was twenty nineteen. But it's I in the two thousand somewhere. <laughs> sometime in the before times, <laughs> um, I went to Nintendo Live in Japan, and Splatoon was definitely the biggest display there it was it had the most fans a bunch of kids had splatoon t-shirts it was a very big focus there was a splatoon concert which was very cool um and that was definitely the most popular representation at that event was definitely splatoon 2 yeah um, let, let remember it's 2017 is when splatoon 2 came out right it's it's oh, been yeah. a while wow. nintendo did a really nice job keeping it alive but it was really before it introduced the kind of the concepts of like the tetris 99 and these these kind of little mm. game releases and themes that keep nintendo online jogging around and like you could imagine that maybe splatoon 3 will be much more core to the nintendo online experience with more than just the the themed um you know the theme tournaments like some maybe some some bigger content drops yeah we I ready mean, for ketchup and mayo part I, two yeah that's, <laughs> that's where my, my joke was gonna go too so i mean uh-huh. i guess we all want to know ketchup or mayo oh mayo, mayo, mayo. for sure mayo. mayo yeah yeah team mayo right here team mayo ketchup like is tomato mayo. murder <laughs> what? what do you eat french fries with mayonnaise yes oh yeah and ketchup it's the best to way to do it and spicy mayo it's delicious mm. yeah i like seth, a curry mayo but seth you're learning uh you're learning german right now right you're, yeah das yeah is... and in germany we say pommes rot weiss which is uh french fries red white or pommes bahnschranke which is uh uh whatever it's a train crossing barrier which is red and white striped <laughs> Um, because it's so common to have ketchup and mayo on your fries. Wow. Yep. Thank you for that lesson in 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 in, in, uh, in language and cuisine. No, now I know. So that's why I we mean, have my, hair around. My answer would be ketchup and versus mayo, both, obviously. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you're, you're allowed to to do that though, but that's fine. It's against the law. I can have two <laughs> characters. Get, what if no, uh, what, two Nintendo accounts and fight for both? There you go. Right. Actually, my I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead myself now, but Splatoon 3, we're going to have three choices, ketchup, mayo, or mustard. And that's going to be what everyone Ooh, is I see. So it's, a th- it's three-way battles. Got yep. It. Splatoon 3, it's right there in the name. You think it's because it's the sequel, but it's actually it's three-way battles. We're not in the prediction section. Yet. Oh, dang it. That's wow. right. That is yeah. brilliant. Well, Splatoon speak- is the coolest. I'm sorry. Splatoon is the coolest Nintendo franchise. That's what I'm going to say about that. And I can't wait to play Splatoon 3. It was... When it came out some years ago on the Wii U, it was kind of one of the freshest and hip and with it 
yeah. <laughs> Nintendo uh, games. Like all of the kids love it. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. No, when I, I play it, I'm like, wow, I didn't know Nintendo could be cool. But here we are. Yeah, that's what I love about it. It just has such a cool, like, it's like a like a 90s sort of early 2000s, but not the new metal stuff, the good stuff, the cool stuff <laughs> that you like. Um, you know, when you can uh, make the music change by pushing the, the uh, control stick in a different direction, and it's like, it just sounds good no matter what you do. Yeah, this is, I, I agree what i'm trying to say yeah this is the coolest nintendo game and it's kind of surprising how cool it is and i always loved that splatoon 2 came out so fast because they're like oh my god we did this great thing with splatoon 1 but it's on wii u ah crap so they made splatoon 2 and uh now we are still playing mario kart 8 yeah so yeah 38 million people playing mario kart 8 and we'll never see mario kart 9 that's okay what we will see this year it's Bayonetta 3. Three different Bayonettas in the same game. That's not true at all. Bayonetta no. 3 was kind of... Uh, we didn't know if we were going to ever see that. And then, surprise, there it was with a, with a great trailer. Cat, uh, are you a Bayonetta fan at all? I have a lot of respect for the Bayonetta series. Oh, it's one okay. of the best. So, no. <laughs> well, no. I played Bayonetta 1 and 2, and it's one of the best pure action series that hmm. you're going to find... Practically anywhere. I think it's better than Devil May Cry. I, I'm I'm t- I'm Team Bayonetta. Personally. I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's it's a ludicrous game. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's sexy, and as I mean, Bayonetta one and two are on the Nintendo Switch, and you can play yep. them right now. And remember, my God, those games they hold up. Yeah, uh, my my favorite Bayonetta memory is the first time I ever heard it was when I was transcribing interviews uh, with Kamiya. I think it was and. All I could hear was the demo in the background and they're going, whoa, what's going on with their hair? Oh, my God. Because, you know, <laughs> her hair is eating people and everything. It's great. Yeah. But no, uh, Bayonetta 3, uh, apparently it's been going through a fair number of uh, development troubles and that kind of Ooh. thing. It's been quite a while since we've seen this one. I hope it I, I'm sure it'll turn out to be good because Platinum, they're, they're, they're the action experts. Yeah. So if there's nothing else, we'll get that. But. On the other hand, I don't think Bayonetta 3 is going to hit quite as hard when it comes up because it's a cult favorite, but it yes. is very much a cult favorite of a series. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you there. I think of all the the big, quote unquote, big games, this is the least big that's coming to mm. Nintendo. Like, it'll be well received. And like you said, the cult fans will go crazy for it. I know I'm going to buy it and play it day so, one and enjoy since, it. But- I mean... Since then, Bayonetta has been added to Smash, so like maybe more people will be interested. That is true. Because of that, more people being exposed to her character. She's one of the worst Smash characters, so. <laughs> I know, but she she was broken in, in the Wii U version. She's absurdly so. overpowered, and now she's just bottom tier. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Bayonetta. <laughs> well, she has great amiibo. We, we can all agree on that. Mm. But, Parrot, um, do you have any thoughts? Oh, sorry. go ahead, No, no, Casey. no. Yeah, have Parrot go first. No, no, look, I only play them because Casey's in it. But um, <laughs> I, I, I have, I'm like Cat. I have great respect for him. It's not my type of game. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a Mitchell Saltzman game. Uh, if you know Mitchell, it's, it's a it's, Souls game, it, hardcore I, action. I, I, I always feel like these games require more skill than I actually have, but I do enjoy playing them, and I really enjoy them just because of the the craziness of like how it like just mixes 
Japanese folklore with weird fever dreams and then somehow makes the biggest bosses appear on on screen and still run it at 60 frames per second. And like, yeah. you know, I'm I'm a simple man that way. Like when I see that sort of graphic prowess on display on the little switch, I, I get very happy. <laughs> what were you going to say, Casey? So, all right. And before I say this, I'm going to recognize that it okay. is absurd. And also, I would never I would never make this criticism to someone in real life. But okay. I just I have it's been really bothering me and I just have to say it. Can we please talk about Bayonetta's makeup in Bayonetta 3? Like, OK, look, so this is her makeup. If you're looking at the video, this is her makeup from the first Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. It's a very smoky, dramatic uh, like dark purple eyeshadow look, and she does tight lining with her eyeliner. I know most of you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but just follow. Well, we're me. learning. There's a, yep. there's a cohesive color story to her makeup. She has okay. like uh, her lips, but better dark nude color. Like it's all mostly like cool tone. Her lips are a little bit more neutral rather than cool tone, but it works, right? Mm-hmm. And if we and the, here's uh, just some more like nude color, really dark dramatic eyeshadow goes up to her eyebrows. Usually a no, but you know what? Bayonetta pulls it off very well. And if we look at her makeup in the second game, <laughs> she's got it's basically the same kind of look, but her lips are a little bit more berry toned. Still super works, extremely cohesive, same color story, looks great. Good job, Bayonetta. Your makeup is perfect. Now let's look at her makeup in Bayonetta three. All right, <laughs> wait for it. Oh. So, um, it's uh, it's bright pink. She is not she, her eye makeup does not go up anymore. It kind of stops in the lower crease, which makes her eyes look a little bit smaller. Her under eyeliner is not blended. Uh, she has a coral uh, cheek color and a frosted pink lipstick out of the mm. '90s. And I'm just like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? You know what it Why? is? It's pre-production but, makeup. And- oh. You know, it's no, just rehearsal. It it's rehearsal. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, like, I understand wanting to experiment with makeup colors and everything, but like the cool toned bright pink with orange blush. Yeah, no, I'm, no. I'm not like, a, I, I, obviously, I don't know anything about makeup. Casey, I'm here for Bayonetta makeup. I, uh, I, this is like the greatest <laughs> new sorry. segment. I'm Here's sorry. my theory. This is Here's my, my theory. Take. I have okay, a theory no, too, go but ahead, you Casey. go first. No, okay. you go first. My theory is that platinum looked at the makeup trends of the 2020s and we're like, what are the Zoomers wearing? Well, they're going for like much more uh, kind of brighter, uh, es- esoteric, garish makeup. So let's go with it with Bayonetta. That's what we're doing. She's she's with it. She's with the kids. Mm. But they, I don't know, man. I follow a lot. I'm not of, saying that they're pulling yeah. it off. Here. I know, I know. I follow, <laughs> I'm not saying look, it's I done well. I follow a lot of influencers. I don't think any of them mm-hmm. would pair a bright pink Definitely not. Eye makeup and lipstick with an orange cheek. I'm sorry. And it's I'm a sorry. fundamental like, misunderstanding. <laughs> and I also just further, I would never criticize someone in real life. Mary, the only reason I'm doing this is because it's a fictional character. But if that is the makeup you like, you you freaking rock it. But for <laughs> some someone else, for like someone who's had a signature makeup look to go to this, I'm just like, what are you doing? So here's, I do have a small theory. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, if you see... Her hairstyle on Bayonetta 3. Yes. It's this is a spoiler. It's a it's so I'm not gonna say it, but if you know, you know. You know where that hairstyle is from. And her that pink makeup is kind of a little bit more childlike. So like 
Oh. You know, that could be it. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe I should just You're saying there's a method to the to the bad. There might be a method and there might be a story reason as to why her makeup is bright pink and looks like something a twelve year old would do. Um I like to think that there's somebody at Platinum listening right now being like, Oh my god, we've got we've done it all wrong. We screwed everything up. I think I think if they went with a not with a, a darker satin lip color, it could pull it together. You know, I think like any of those things individually could work, but just not together. Yeah, orange right, and that pink. Was my, just that from was a my color theory. Take. Just from a color <laughs> yeah. theory standpoint, orange and pink it isn't just, really. It doesn't good, look good together. Good no. Casey, this breakdown was incredible, and yes. frankly, you've opened my eyes to uh, <laughs> the the problematic nature of Bayonetta's makeup and Bayonetta three. And I, I, I was wondering why she looked more like Paris Hilton from like 90s reality TV <laughs> than Bayonetta right? with the pictures. Yep. It does. It does. It looks like, like you know, it looks like night, like bright. It's the frosted pink lip, I yep. think, yeah. that like really ruins everything. throws it out. Frost, I don't know, frosty, cool toned <laughs> light pastel. That's not in right now at all. No. I'm sorry. Casey, thank you so much for coming back and like bringing my us hot this, take. this gift. <laughs> And I think we should like break out and have it on the IGN games uh, channel. Absolutely, honestly. yeah. Because that was that Let's was do it. amazing. I, I mean, the next game we're going to talk about, I don't think has any makeup in it at all that I know of, and that's Kirby in the Forgotten Land. But lots of pink. So who's who's looking forward? Kirby, to Kirby pulls in the it off Land? very well. Kirby pulls it off. Yeah, it's very easy. There's nothing. There's no. You don't need to accent anything when you're just round. <laughs> <laughs> I. I'm digging it. Look, the, the Kirby games tend to be simple, smaller mm-hmm. experiences. And so I think, you know, when, when we saw this trailer, I think a lot of people are making the, the obvious joke about The Last of Us Kirby. And it's like this, you know, post-apocalyptic yeah. uh, world or all the humans are gone or, or Kirby's or whatever used to live there. Um, I think it'll be, I, I honestly think it'll be a fairly linear experience in the end, just kind of knowing how big these games can get. Uh, that said, you know, Kirby Air Ride had a very cool central open world-ish multiplayer element that Nintendo has never brought back. Um, I would love to see something like that integrated again, but, you know, it's obviously not a racer. It's a, it's a more exploration-heavy traditional Kirby game with stealing powers and all of that, not stealing rides. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Kirby Land. Kat, are you uh, excited or have any opinions? Yeah. This is yep. the most excited I've been for a Kirby game in a very long time. No kidding. I, yeah, I think Kirby's great, actually. Uh, it's where Nintendo tends to get a little bit more experimental with its particular mm-hmm. series. But I think this is the first full 3D Kirby game. Please yell at me in the comments if I if that's not accurate. Um, oh, they will. And it makes, the Air, Air Rides. Air Rides hub yep. world, yeah. And it makes it. me think about how... I mean, people are comparing it to Last of Us. I think that they're going for a definite Breath of the Wild kind of vibe because that is also a post-apocalyptic game with a, a lot of green and a lot of nature mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And, you know, uh, just this looks like the freshest take on Kirby on a very, in a very long time. It's quite beautiful. It's almost yeah. toy-like with the, the, the worlds and the dioramas. Even though it's a green post-apocalypse, it's not grim, you know? Yeah. So I... I, I'm really into it, and if this is the year of Kirby, then let's go. Let's do it. But but do you think it's do you honestly do you think it's like hub world? 
Hmm. An exploration, or do you like? It seems like the camera is still kind of fixed I, and follows Kirby around the corners, and so maybe they're branching part. I paths, think but, it might be like Mario sixty four pair, where they have the hub yeah, world maybe. that you explore, and then you go into individual worlds to do the levels. Because you saw how different some of the environments were. Mm, you know, there yeah. was a snow level and that kind of thing, and there were different courses for you to go through. So they might be. Uh, you might be right, pair. Like this might might not be a full open world game it might be a hub and spokes kind of experience yeah yeah, yeah. It, it gives me a, a astrobot adventure vibe mm. uh, mm. the yeah. great playstation 5 tech demo but awesome you know, game i love that game yeah the most nintendo playstation game ever made <laughs> true yeah that's that is true yeah, I, lo- I love this this is this is my my most anticipated kirby game ever what? oh i thought you were gonna say yeah. your most anticipated game and oh no, gonna... no that by far no We'll get to that one. That's another one, yeah. Mm. Casey, do you have any thoughts on this? I'm looking forward to seeing more about the gameplay and hoping that there is a co-op option like there often is in Kirby games because I always have a lot of fun with co-op Kirby games. Yeah. Good point. Just so cute. Everything about it. The the, the apocalypse has never looked cuter. The fall of humankind has never been more We'll find out at the end of the game it was all Kirby's fault. (laughs) (laughs) He just ate everybody. On accident and now this game's well, i don't know though because yeah it does it looks fantastic and then i don't know that it would be humans though because the, it's got like a made-up language and sort of weird i don't know i mean like yeah, kirby the eldritch god <laughs> i mean we did we did learn that kirby is immortal it's canon because of smash right That's so right. maybe this True. is just like this is what kirby's life is like after all other sentient beings have been destroyed and this is his life now <laughs> the humans are dead I'm sorry kirby <laughs> oh no I am monster, yeah. <laughs> now, this is the probably the biggest Nintendo game of 2022. Probably the biggest Nintendo game since Nintendo Switch launched. Uh coming out in November, according to uh the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast, it was leaked. <laughs> <laughs> you might have seen that on the news. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, I mean who doesn't have an opinion on Breath of the Wild? But Kat, I would like you to start us off. I want to hear your thoughts on um, this this upcoming release from the Nintendo Corporation. It's not just the biggest Nintendo game coming out in 2022. And I do think it's coming out 2022. I think they will move heaven and earth to get it out for this particular holiday season. It is one of the two or three biggest games of 2022 yeah in general it's the big tentpole release for the nintendo switch everybody was saying that the switch was missing last year and even if zelda still actually might not be up to mario standards in terms of sales i i would argue that it is the flagship series among core gamers whatever that means so (laughs) we still know next to nothing about this series but everything or about this particular game but everything we see of it just looks fascinating in terms of how the world is done it's an opportunity to update a formula that has just become incredibly entrenched in AAA gaming space i have no doubts that nintendo will crush this game that it will be an amazing game because I mean, they've been working on it for quite a while at this point, and I think they know yeah. what's at stake. They're not going to screw this one up, but I am, I mean, I think it's a given. I'm really looking forward to Breath of the Wild 2. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> when was it that we first saw the uh, the first trailer for this? Oh, 2019. 
Oh my god. Was it or was it yeah, it was twenty nineteen, I think. Yeah. yeah. It just it seems like so long. And it's so weird that Nintendo would would show us something that early. I mean just, you know, not not show us anything forever and make us all want Well, I mean, cry. there was that little pandemic thing that was probably yeah. messing Oh, that old chestnut. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, but I think it's also a reaffirmation of direction, right? They did give us a, a re- remake of Link's Awakening. And so I, I think they wanted mm. to make sure that they will continue this kind of open world quest game with emergent gameplay. Yeah. Just to, uh, just to make sure there's no confusion. It's right? gorgeous. I mean... It's, oh, uh, yeah. Look, look, I mean, you already, the, the short trailer shows so many little upgrades to yeah. the things that are possible in the world, right? There's the the object manipulation. There's like, you know, uh, the verticality aspect. And I just, the first scene of Link jumping in, he is really high up in the sky. Yeah. And one of my favorite moments in the original Breath of the Wild was um, when you fly you basically uh, uh, you parasail after one of the dragons, and it's just like that's something that has never existed in a game before. The way you were pursuing the dragon in the air without you know the ability of flight, it was just kind of like using the currents and all that. That was yeah. so freaking cool. And like if they start with that, and then maybe there's another flight element in this game. Ooh, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, the question I have about Breath of the Wild is. Is it going to be Breath of the Wild, but more, or is it going to be Majora's Mask? And based uh, on the trailers that I've seen, it seems like actually more of the former than the latter. It doesn't seem like they're actually going to get weird with this one. I see a lot of elements of Breath of the Wild, but they're just being built upon and iterated upon. Yeah, sure. And then and then maybe it is a little bit more about height than, you know, horizontal exploration. But it's it's always tough to tell with these these trailers right like if you watched an early trailer of breath of the wild you wouldn't have known about the blood moon stuff and like the whole kind of like these these weird like uh very cool elements in the game and they must be holding back so much here like they yeah. notice how they only they're basically only showing us enemies we already know and right yeah and and you know there'll be plenty of new stuff here yeah yeah, yeah. casey what do you have to say about I, the unnamed I just started Breath thinking, of the Wild sequel. I just started thinking, what would people prefer, Breath of the Wild, but more or Breath of the Wild in the style of Majora's Mask, where a totally new mechanic and tone mm. is taken with the game? And I, I don't know what a majority of people would prefer. I think oh, if I think you, I think the if you gave them, people just want more. <laughs> yeah, I think if okay. you gave them Breath of the Wild, but with good dungeons, they'd be like, game of the year. Here yeah. we go. But, that's, that's it. And like, yeah, when we, we all, I think we all replayed Skyward Sword, right? Like what struck me about this game was how, again, like how disconnected and not great the overworld was, but then how cool the kind of singular experiences in the dungeons were. And like, as much as we said, Zelda was getting stale and, you know, some of that even come up, came up with Twilight Princess where it's like, yeah, it's like every Zelda game before, but just bigger. But is that necessarily better? Um, I really appreciated that Breath of the Wild did something different, but there was always this pang of, ah, but I really loved the themed temples and dungeons, like the kind of like the wood and the fire theme and mm-hmm. the, you know, the forest theme. Like if they, that's, I think what most fans would say is their number one pick to be added back into the franchise, but I wouldn't yeah. want to miss all that cool emergent stuff that they put in there. Yeah. Um, that uh, I'm most looking forward to this game uh, 
not only because like it's going to be amazing and i'm going to lose myself in it and just play it for you know hours and hours and hours but also i just love the stories that people tell about playing like if you search on youtube there's this great uh somebody animated a story that brian altano's telling to jose <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, about like when he got the skeleton horse and it's this hilarious story and the the animation is really great but like i just love that sort of stuff where uh you tell a story that's unique to you like i always talk about one of the things that i loved the most was when i was just out in a field uh, on the edge of the woods and it started to rain and there was a deer eating and the deer just looked up and like acknowledged the rain and that just felt so incredible and real and, and alive to me that i still tell that story every time breath of the wild comes up but for me man this is like yeah this is gonna take up all my time and i can't wait to spend six weeks of nvc talking about it casey are you gonna be doing the guide for this or is it is it too, uh, is it too think, early to know i think that is a i think i will be working on it with brendan graber oh um, nice because that's how it was with the original one i was actually in the middle of doing the horizon uh a guide and they pulled me off that to start working on breath of the wild instead when i was like halfway through to help brendan so i assume that will be uh the strat this time i'm not 100 percent sure but i will definitely be playing it and definitely be helping with the guide i think this will be all hands on deck oh yeah guide for There's us so much for to find. everyone on the team is yeah. will be working on breath this. of the wild and we will yeah uh we'll recruit you guys too so uh be oh, prepared. Boy. what were you gonna say Kat? No, a Breath of the Wild, it's not a hot take to say it's one of the deepest experiences that we've had in many, many yeah. years. There was just so many secrets to find, so much to do in that game. It was kind of the ultimate guide game for a lot of different websites. Crazy. Over at US Gamer, a bunch of our Breath of the Wild stuff was up at near the top of our traffic for years and years. Yeah. That game just think... held up. Yeah. I'm I think just was... excited. Oh, sorry, Kapir. I was just gonna say, I think that was the case at IGN too. The Breath of the Wild like wiki guide was like the number one trafficked anything on the site for like three years. So, well, still, still today <laughs> is the number one trafficked like yeah. piece of content. No kidding. Yeah, we, oh, we, yeah. A lot of people Breath are going back to it too. Breath of the Wild over the over the Christmas break, people just take time off and play lots of games, and it was Breath of the Wild and Halo were the two biggest still after That's all these years. Breath wild. of the Wild, yeah, crazy. Huh? I didn't mean to to make that terrible mm -hmm. joke, but I did, and now I have to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was just going to say I'm excited for the social event that yeah. this release will be. Yeah, and I, the, another great thing about it is it's because it is so everyone's experience is different. There, I, I there's not that sort of pressure that you feel, you know, when like a show comes out, like Book of Boba Fett, you have to watch that the night before, or you mm -hmm. can't use social media, or like a more linear game, like you have to play that the weekend it comes out. Or you go online and you miss out on everything it just means that wants. you won't be able to use social media for a month instead of a day yes yeah. everybody will be talking about breath of the wild too and spoiling it for a month or two um, when it comes out all right that's fine it is what it is but those are our biggest nintendo switch games of 2022 now we can talk about predictions casey what are your predictions for 2022 from coming from nintendo all right. Well, you already heard one of them. I'm sure we're going to learn about the next gen of Pokemon sometime this year. It may even come out this year if it's followed the formula since the release of Black and White in 2010. Since then, we've been getting a new Pokemon generation every three years. So let's assume. We can assume. 
And if not, <laughs> and if not November, then early the following year. That's my prediction for that. I think we're going to get a new Mario game for the holiday season to go with the oh. movie that comes out on December first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we're going to get a Metroid Prime Four trailer at E3 for a 2023 oh, release. Please. And those are about all of my predictions. You know, I think. I was thinking, like, will we learn about a new console entirely? And we're not quite at that mark. We generally get a new Nintendo console every six years, so it's not time. So those are my predictions. Excellent. Pear, you look in a predictive nature. Oh, um, I, I, I'll, I'll make five different predictions from, Ooh. like, the more these realistic non-binding. to the more. <laughs> these are non-binding. Uh, number one prediction is a new Fire Emblem will be announced within the next three months. It'll be a remake. I'm thinking maybe it's time to bring back Path of Radiance from the GameCube, which, shame, ding, 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 nobody played. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, remember, they did Fire Emblem Echoes with Shadows of Valencia, which was a remake of Gaiden. It didn't do that well, so I don't think they're going to follow that nomenclature of like using Echoes to bring back games. I think they'll just present it as if it was a new game and nobody will ever notice. Anyway, there'll be a new Fire Emblem. I'm sure they're working on a full one, but like this kind of re-release thing makes all the sense in the world when so many great Fire Emblem games that lots more of the Super Famicom haven't been played. Drink whenever I say Super Famicom. I know. Um, <laughs> Metroid Prime Trilogy will be released to keep the brand alive, which means Metroid Prime 4 will be announced, for, uh, will, will be a holiday 2022 game, uh, 2023. Sorry, it's not going to come out this year. I don't think Metroid Prime is this year. I think yeah, it's no. not close to being done. Otherwise, we'd be hearing something, right? Um, but Trilogy, despite all the, it's hard to adapt to the Switch controls, I think is just one of those no-brainer games. It looks fantastic visually still, and somebody yeah. can figure out how to make it work um, with, uh, with, with modern controllers, um, with, with the uh, Joy-Con. Because remember, it was originally, all of these, most of these games were on GameCube, um, and even and motion controls are doable. Uh, Breath of the Wild 2 will be Nintendo's big holiday game, but complete with a big box special edition and a golden Switch. Oh, oh. don't say that. A golden yeah. Switch OLED? Yeah, no, oh. yes. There you go. It's wild. Nintendo has a long That's history. so incredible, too. Of, uh. of, of gold cartridge and gold system releases. I have a golden N64 sitting in box. Um, if anybody wants to give me millions Fancy. of dollars for it, I don't think they, they're that expensive, actually. I think they're just like 200 bucks. But um, I, I, th I think it's, it's time for Nintendo to celebrate its biggest game in Switch history with uh, the uh, biggest release. So I do think you'll get that giant box and I do think you get a special I Switch. So. Uh, two more predictions. One, The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures will come exclusively to Nintendo Online, episodically with four-player online play. We have not gotten a, um, a multiplayer Zelda game since the 3DS age where we had an oddball three-player adventure. Four oh, Swords, yeah. the Four Swords games were always way better. Um, and Four Swords Adventures was a lovely game. It's quite modern in its look. Um, it could be easily adapted. And Nintendo desperately needs fuel for Nintendo Online. And this one would work just nice. And then yeah. finally, this is my out there prediction because I'm willing it into existence Nintendo and Sega will team up for a remaster of F-Zero GX slash AX. Sadly, uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi won't be involved because he quit and he's now working at NetEase. So, you know, he's no longer at the, uh, um, at the Yakuza studio. 
But, you know, that shouldn't stop anybody from adapting this game because they honestly just need to get it to run on Switch because it looks very, very modern, it's beautiful, and maybe they'll add an easier difficulty mode so people don't get so mad. <laughs> <laughs> and unlock the AX tracks from the beginning. They were hidden in the GX game, but nobody ever got to them because that game was so hard. <laughs> Those are awesome predictions. That's it. Okay. Kat, what have you got? Your predictive powers. Well, Paris stole all of my predictions, so oh, wow. I'll, I will react to some of the predictions, and I'll make at least one. I don't think that a new Pokemon generation is coming out this year just because it would be directly in tandem with Breath of the Wild 2, probably. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a big one. I, I think that Nintendo might want to clear the decks a bit uh, when it comes to the release schedule at that time, but I, I guess we'll see. Also, that would be two major Pokemon releases in one year. I do think that Gen uh, Gen 8 will be out next year, but I think that it will not be early next year. I think it'll be late next year based on the marketing cycles that we usually yeah, see I guess Pokemon company. I guess I'm a little bit confused about what their cycle should have been too, because I feel like BDSP should have was supposed to come out earlier in the year and Arceus was supposed to be a holiday game. Mm. I thought I think it was supposed to be moved up, but everything was pushed back because of the pandemic. So now I, I don't know what actually is actually going on. I think the pandemic <laughs> can slow down. That, that's why I don't think we will see a new gen mm-hmm. after three years. And we'll see it after four years. But yeah, um, I think that we'll see a Metroid Prime uh, remaster, but I think it'll be the original Metroid Prime. I don't think it will be a trilogy. I agree that there will be a Fire Emblem remake of some ha- some kind, probably genealogy of the holy war i I think we'll get a couple of fire emblem games potentially Mm. actually and i think that my final prediction is that nintendo switch online will add game boy this year so uh and i think it'll be on the base tier i don't think it'll be part of the expansion pack oh interesting i was see i I would that was one of my predictions was they were going to add game boy and uh i i was going to say that would be on the the Expansion four tier, the the expensive expansion, because they want more people to sign up for that. So you get the Game Boy play. on the base tier, and then the add Game Boy Advance. Pokemon Stadium Ooh. on the N sixty four, and then have them connect. Okay, <laughs> that would be really cool. You're, you're, wait, you're an evil businesswoman. That'd be what? That'd no. be that would be wonderful if they did that. That'd be pretty and then, fun. And then hand over the entire Nintendo Online emulation to uh, M2, please, because they did the <laughs> Genesis emulation and it's wonderful, but that's not really a, a big surprise. Uh, my other prediction is that we will start to see, probably by the end of the summer, credible hardware rumors about the Switch success for, successor, not just, oh, it's going to be 4K and NVIDIA has this big chip, but like credible actual um good rumors about it and i don't think it'll come out this year and i don't think it'll be announced at all because they don't want to step on the toes of um of breath of the wild too but i will say that i'm sticking to this we will see a uh a a trailer for metroid prime 4 and then we won't hear anything about it because it will be pushed back as a launch for the next nintendo console that's my long form prediction so (laughs) There it is. And, you know, put a put a mark on this one. Dog ear this this episode so you can go back to it and tell us how wrong we were on everything <laughs> when none of these come true. So. All right. Now, one of the best 
segments that we have, it is time for the cat take. The first cat take of 2022. Seth, 2022 yes. will be the apex of the Nintendo Switch generation. Oh, really? It will be the peak. And after that, it will be all downhill from here <laughs> in terms of both releases and sales. But you know what? If we're going to have a, what, five-year peak, that, that's great. That's amazing oh, yeah. for Nintendo. Insane. It will bookend 2017 in so many ways. We're going to Splatoon 3. We're going to get Breath of the Wild 2. This is where Nintendo is firing all of their bullets. And it's going to be great, honestly. I, I actually agree with Pear. I wouldn't be shocked if we got a special golden Nintendo Switch or some kind of commemorative thing. Uh, this is, And I don't know if we'll start to see rumors of a new console next year. Maybe we'll see Switch Pro rumors. But it's hard. Like, what does Nintendo have after this year? Right? Like, Breath of the Wild 2 is the thing that we've been looking forward to for That's some hard. years at this point. And I imagine that there will be one more big surge of sales. But in some ways, the Nintendo Switch has almost topped out in terms of its install base. I think it's a pretty impressive accomplishment that Nintendo has managed to retain its sales momentum to this point, honestly. But especially as the new consoles get kind of bedded in and everything, Starfield is coming out later this year, and that's going to be in an absolutely enormous game one of the biggest games released this year so i think that it's going to be a joyous and wonderful year and i'm so happy to have it but this is it this is the bookend of the nintendo switch generation and you know what i'm looking forward to what's next absolutely yeah i i think i agree with you and i think that the decline will be rapid and horrible and nintendo will just forget all about it and move on to the next thing in spite of all of its successes but uh yeah this I hear nintendo some... switch were the indies that we played along the way what's going on what happened what <laughs> uh, for those of you who are uh, just listening two uh, enormous dogs have come to attack pair uh i don't i don't know what they they're just want. some dogs mouths. <laughs> why what do you want like, oh yay we've got Aww, giant horse dogs puppy. i don't know what they want what do you want do you want you want some Aki, you want to give them some well they were all so excited we'll about nintendo having such a great year that's it they had to come in that was the the cheer club and midna probably heard us talk about zelda and came running in yeah um I'm really curious about Nintendo's year going forward. Like we we haven't, you know, obviously they they released a little game and watched Zelda unit, but um oh, yeah. you can also expect them to continue to tinker with little side projects like that, you know? So, I mean, we had Labo, we had the NES Classic, Super NES, like, you know, we got the N64 controllers for Nintendo Online. Like they keep on doing making these little hardware innovations and I bet they'll be something fun. Um you know, to kind of... Uh... Is the Mario movie this year? Huh? Is Chris Pratt Mario out this year? <laughs> yeah. 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 Nintendo's going to be all transmedia going forward yeah. between yeah. their amusement parks and their VR projects and their Mario. That is that is the future of Nintendo right there. Yeah, so, for sure. So you think the Switch will sell more this year than it did in 2021? I, I do I think, think so. that there will be a pretty big surge uh, with Breath yeah. of the Wild too, especially if they can get a lot of OLEDs into stock. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, yeah, if they can get the OLEDs into stock, uh, people will, you know, refresh their old dusty old switches like I did. Yeah. And the consoles, the PlayStation 5, they've already said, like, look, it's not 
going to be readily available till probably 2023. And that's not going to change, you know, barring some sort of, you know, you can't just flick on a switch. There's so many moving parts to just make every component of that. So yeah, I think switch is probably going to have its sales wise. I think this will be its best uh, year ever. I keep going back to the Wii days where like, if you look at the top 10 selling games on Wii, it's actually really notable how different of a lineup it is from, from the Switch um, top 10, because the Wii was defined by a lot of the motion, the, the more kind of casual mainstreamy games, but you, you know, there, there was Wii Sports, there was Wii Sports Resort, Wii Play, Wii Fit, Wii Fit Plus, they were all in the top 10, all of them selling more than 20 million units. And like you're seeing what's happening with Ring Fit Adventure. Ring Fit, it's it's a great game, right? It's obviously it's an exercise game, um, and it it was strong out of the gate, but it could have really blown up if it wasn't so inventory constrained. Yeah, and like I honestly think we'll see a little bit more movement on that mainstream market side where more people are going to pick up Switch for games that aren't like uh, Mario and Zelda, and and that could become very big. And uh, remember. The biggest selling Wii Mario game was a 2D game, uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii, and like there's still room for Switch to to stake its claim there too. The evil genius of the Nintendo Switch, Casey, is that it is a system that you attach to your TV, but spiritually it is a heart a handheld system, mm. and so it is a system that you want to own and want to have as your personal thing. So it is natural to have two or three Nintendo Switches in a household, mm. whereas you'd probably only get maybe one PlayStation 5 in a household. Right. So there is a lot of impetus to double dip with the Nintendo Switch, which I think a lot of people will probably be, if they can, yeah. replacing their launch Switches this year. I, I replaced mine last year. I would added to the, the sales. And at this point, I think that's like four Nintendo Switch consoles that have been purchased in my house at one <laughs> yeah. point or another. It's wild. Really good point. Plus, you'll upgrade to the gold version in November. Oh, hell yeah. No, yeah, you're completely right. And then it also includes you have the Switch, the Switch Lite, and the Switch OLED. And some people might have all three. Yeah. So completely right. <laughs> yeah. I, the only thing that comes close Insidious. is I know some people who have a Series X like in their living room and then a Series mm -hmm. S. Or, uh, yeah, in their in their bedroom. But no, we have three Switch consoles in this house. There's our our dusty old launch one. There's the one that the boys got for uh, Pokemon Let's Go, and then there's the OLED that I got. So yeah, we have and, uh, four in my household. <laughs> I don't want to say. <laughs> well, you got the. Well, you have to now because you you mentioned it. You brought it up. I, I don't even know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> You've no. lost track. <laughs> no, because I did. I did get some for the the special Joy-Con, and then you know right. they become they become kind of upgrades for my kids. Um, if they yeah they uh, because there was the uh, the the upgraded battery model, so yep. they became hand me downs for the kids. But yeah, I had. I don't know. I have to. I have to check. I like you, you go into Pear's kitchen and open up the junk drawer, and there's like scissors and some needles and thread in there, and then like just switches all That's over right. the place. Deck of cards, some some yeah. camera film for some reason. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. All right, uh, all right. Let's talk about what we've been playing. I didn't play very much uh, of Nintendo over the break, and I'm sorry for that. I did start Paper Mario though, and that is mm. extremely charming. And I was down shopping at Bull Moose Music in Brunswick, Maine. Shout out to Bull Moose Music. And they had uh, Sonic and Sonic 2 for Game Gear. 
since I have the Game Gear adapter for the analog pocket, I bought them both. And they are surprisingly competent versions of uh, Sonic games. Although Sonic 1, when you lose, when you get hit and lose all your rings, you only lose one ring because they hadn't figured their way around the memory constraints. But yeah, those are those are fun games. Uh, Pear, you have also been on a Nintendo. Hold on, let me consult my playlist on IGN currently <laughs> in testing. Oh yeah, that's f- right. We have a feature we're releasing that. where you can track the games that you're currently playing. So uh, I, I mostly, so I started uh, Death Store, uh, I started Paper Mario, and then I got completely, and Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon we talked about last time, mm-hmm. and, and SMT, and then I got completely sucked into Xbox games um, over the break. I've only been playing Forza, Forza Horizon 5, which is just so amazing, uh, and then uh, Halo. Game of the Year. Uh, Halo as well, um, you know, Halo single player, Forza, everything. So I completely ignored my Switch, and then my son saw an opening and stole my <laughs> my Swoled, um, and he's been playing. Uh, what's he been playing? He's been playing uh, Death Store and and some some other stuff, uh, games that he doesn't have on his Switch. Which ah. I said, yeah, and and I I told him he we we could get them, but he just likes stealing stuff. <sighs> Mm-hmm. There's something primal about that. Yeah. So I haven't seen my Switch OLED in like a whole week. He's been oh, like that's... Uh, swiping. Oh, wow. It. Yeah. Well, the good news is they're impossible to get. So if you need to replace it, you're completely out of luck. So Yeah. No, he got into... Um, uh, sorry, he, he also played Into the Breach, which I think he's played millions of hours off and uh, and, and he went back to, which is, is a really good game that a lot of people... That's by the... Uh, is that the one by the makers of FTL? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Was it? I yeah, needed to start that, and I never do. I, I did not know it was on Switch. So now that it's I- a, it's like a compact art, a compact turn-based strategy roguelike. Okay, yeah. It's FTL a- is one of my all-time favorite games. Um, it's an probably. amazing game. One of the best tactics games. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. That has come out in the I, past several years. Yeah. I'm gonna get this then. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Casey, you have been actually playing Nintendo games. You came in. Have. Let's let's. What have you been playing over the break? Just Monster Hunter. No, I'm kidding. I played a bunch <laughs> of other games. Um, I also played Shimigami Tensei Five. Finally, I was able to put some time into that. I'm I'm only about twelve hours in, but I am loving it. It is extremely a Casey game, and I'm actually liking it more than Persona because you are in. You are just your goal is to collect monsters and make stronger monsters and mm-hmm. to get to the next area to see what new stuff you can find. And then I just really love that kind of mechanic where I'm always looking forward to the new thing and doing everything I can and just seeing those possibilities. It's kind of like gotcha without the loot boxes, you know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and there there's always new things to find. It's challenging enough so that Every battle is interesting. It is not mindless. You try to put auto battle, you will get murdered. It's not so you have to pay attention and it's every battle is interesting. I'm really, really liking it a lot. Um, I wish I had played it sooner, but I will. I'm going to keep playing this game because I I love it. I'm sure Kat has already talked about it a ton. And so has mm-hmm. I'm sure it's been talked about a ton on NVC. So I'm sure you know what. I'm going to say about it. I also I also played Death Store. I'm also liking it and I'm also continuing to play it. And I so here's the thing. I, I don't can I don't finish a lot of games unless it is for work. 
where I really, really like it. So if I keep mm. playing a game after the first couple of hours, I really like it. So I really like SMT5 and I really like Death Door. And Nintendo, I played like 35 hours of Seven Days to Die. Oh, my two. God. Yeah, wow. I, I, we, we got into to a group. I had three people to play with and it's a co-op uh, crafting survival zombie game. And I don't know. We just had a lot of fun with it over the break. But yeah, Death Door and SMT5, like really, really loving both of those experiences. And like I said, I have been continuing to play Monster Hunter Rise. They have new emergency event quests with the Apex Ooh. monsters and a new Magna Molo quest as well. And these are actual challenges. They are actually challenging. They kicked my butt. <laughs> I stream and I, I generally don't cart when I play Monster Hunter Rise, especially on stream. I don't know. The adrenaline just fuels fuels me. And also I get lucky and I got wrecked multiple times like it doesn't happen so now i have something to actually work for and a reason to get better in that game and to make better sets and maybe learn different weapons because i've been using the same stuff for the last 60 hours in that game because i haven't felt like i needed to make better stuff and now i do and i think that's cool that's awesome real quick what's your uh your stream channel so people can watch you can watch me and find me at shiny kcd Nice. Same, the same as my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it easy. Yeah, what have you been playing in your new house? Uh, yeah, no, I spent a bunch of time moving over the holidays, so I didn't necessarily the worst have way to spend time. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's great though. <laughs> I had made a resolution to finally finish Persona Five over the holidays, and I still haven't finished Persona Five. Instead, I got mm. sucked into Dragon Quest Eleven S on my Nintendo oh, nice. Switch. Yeah, because I was good? like, I, I needed something on my Switch to be able to play. And I wasn't super interested in getting back into Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. So I got back into Dragon Quest XI S. And there's just something about that game that hits just right. Like, first yeah. of all, it is one of the most beautiful games on yep. the Nintendo Switch. It is so gorgeous. I'm constantly impressed by the models, the, the characters, the, the enemies. And... There's a long point with this game where I was like, wow, this game is so slow, that kind of thing. And maybe it's because I'm reading The Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> I just maybe I have a lot more tolerance for the the feel of Dragon Quest XI S. But yeah. I've just been having a wonderful, wonderful time with it. It is a lovely game. I'm well into Act Two, and I'm hoping that I can get into like finish it before you know, Pokemon Legends or some of the other big games come out this year because I'm making a real effort to get through my backlog as much as possible. As a side note, as a weird and random thing, I discovered that Pac-Man Championship Edition was got a demake as part of the Namco uh, game collection. Really? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It was by I M2. love that game. Yeah. <laughs> I got into a high score battle with my friend and we were just going back and forth sharing screenshots of our scores, right? I think we topped out at about 450K, which is, you could get a bit higher than that, but it's pretty tough. Um, it becomes a, a series of diminishing returns because of the, the time limit. But yeah, there was a, it was a very fun week of just swapping uh, uh, screenshots back and forth for and being like, no, I topped you. No, I beat you. Ho, ho, here we go. Mm -hmm. So oh. that was my very weird retro fun moment. But yeah, Pac-Man 
Championship Edition D-Mag. It's really, really good. It's it's something un- I'm going un- to have to get gem. into now. Mm-hmm. Have to revisit mm-hmm. that. I, I got into a score battle with the original one on, what was that, Xbox 360 Arcade with yeah. Ryan Scott, former IGN uh, oh editor from like a million years ago. Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Look, look at, at this. <gasps> oh, Isn't it gorgeous? My life. I love this game so much. And the I only thing that's a bummer is that it doesn't it. have online scoreboards, oh, which is ridiculous. No. Those monsters. That is that the best part of the original was that right? I, that's how I got good was I would just watch yeah. the number one players replay and then just copy their style and man okay Same. that game that game had the original had such a great feel the way like movement the speed and everything felt and like the thumping of the music with the, yeah uh, oh, with so the good maze does it is that is that all gone for oh, the no it's still there oh, oh yeah oh, the the sound right, effects and the music are perfect it is a lovely so game. all right i have to check this out but we have to get on to question block and we have time for one question and i think i, I i'm going to ask this question because i think it's kind of an easy one to answer neil tracky tracy asks do you think there's any chance the next switch wouldn't be backward compatible with the current switch library no it will 100 percent be backwards compatible with the current switch library However, hmm. Nintendo. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, if it has Switch in the title, it will be backwards compatible with other Switch games. Mm, I think that's yeah. I mean, look at their most recent years. The only times that they weren't backwards compatible was like up till you know when they switched to discs, basically. Like NES, mm. Super NES, you couldn't use the cartridges. Super NES to N64, N64 to GameCube, and then GameCube onwards, every format was supported, even with some difficulty with you know we putting that tiny disc in the drive and all of that. So <laughs> I, I, you know, at this point, I think they'll they'll continue to make it backwards compatible for a while. I'd yeah. hope. Yeah. What do you think, Cat? Yeah. I think it depends on what direction that Nintendo ends up going. If they decide to blow it all up and go in a very experimental mm. direction, which never say never right. with Nintendo, then no, I don't think it'll be backwards compatible. But I think it's more likely that we'll get something akin to a Switch Pro, almost like a phone upgrade, as it were, mm. where it is more powerful, maybe even a better screen. But functionally speaking, it is still a Nintendo Mm. Switch and still plays all of the old software on top of the new software. And the Switch Pro, quote unquote, might be the next gen Switch. Like it might be the equivalent of buying a PS4 Pro, but they're just like, yeah, so we're just going to ride this for a while. You're going to play Breath of the Wild 3 on here at a certain point. And meanwhile, Nintendo focuses on its transmedia properties because I've been kind of banging this drum over the past year. I think Nintendo has become a more conservative company than you know in terms of the way hmm. that they're approaching things. I don't think that's the way that it was back in the Iwata days where they were kind of experimenting for the sake of experimenting. And in a way, they've kind of lost something because of that. But yeah, yeah so I think it's going to be a different company. Now, they haven't always executed well on their ideas, but that's a different conversation. Right. Talk about the old oral Wii U another time. But not today because that is all the time. We have left for this inaugural episode of Nintendo Voice Chat. Follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast. Submit your question block questions on the NVC Facebook group. And thank you to our guest, Shiny KCD, Casey DeFridas, back again. Everyone is going to be extremely happy in the comments, and that makes me happy. I want to thank Red, who is IGN's premier Power Blade 
on the NES player, go find the uh, Nintendo Power Online. He's in there. Or excuse me, the Nintendo Power Online. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I want to thank Logan behind the scenes. And most of all, I want to say thank you to you for all hanging out with us. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can get the thing. Get the thing. Which is Picross. Picross. Picross on Monday. <laughs> Picross on Monday. Yeah, yeah. new Picross. Yes. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.